Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Like any other business has, and so so we are, um, you know, just like your Menards or Walmarts or those, they're taking precautions, our church is taking precautions, and um, and we know that um, it's been a blessing to still, still see people coming to church. I, I will tell you this. I moved to Dickinson 32 years ago from Bismarck, my wife and I and our three small children. And we um, didn't move to Dickinson necessarily to win any type of popularity contest. So I know not everything we decide to do as a pastor is always exactly what's going to make everybody happy. Now tonight, I'm going to just, I'm just going to give you my, my number. The number you can text into the radio program tonight is 701 701- Two nine zero seven eight six two seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. This is a live broadcast tonight, April twenty sixth, two thousand twenty. So if you're listening to it on April twenty sixth, two thousand twenty, it's live. Now these broadcasts are podcasted on Holy Ghost Radio Channel Two, but I have not uploaded a bunch of them for a while. I've got a bunch of them to upload, and I just haven't done that. I've already had several people text tonight. We want to say hello to uh and happy birthday to Carl. Carl's listening tonight with his wife Jeannie from Michigan. And we've got Nick listening tonight. We've got Tim in North Carolina. The uh, we've got Dave and Lauren Shart listening from Fargo tonight. The are we have the Stoners listening from here in Dickinson tonight. And um, let's see, who else do we have here? Uh, people are texting me right now. So we've got a bunch of people just texting me. Uh, we've got the Schmitz listening in Bismarck tonight. We've got, um, I want to say that we had a great service today at our church. Uh, we had um, kind of extra special for me. One of my granddaughters was baptized in the name of Jesus today, and it was also her birthday. And so that was exciting. She was baptized on her birthday. She's been wanting to be baptized for a while and she was baptized today in the name of Jesus on her birthday. And we're going to talk about some of that. Tonight, I'm going to go kind of a different direction. I know that our world right now, the coronavirus, has the attention of the whole world. Um, the coronavirus and the other issue, the fear of the coronavirus, which is causing a huge economic situation, this is going on right now in our world. I have been kind of touching on that lately. Uh, on the radio show, but there is a bigger problem going on than the coronavirus and the fear of the coronavirus. And that's what I want to touch on tonight. This bigger problem, there's another virus in this world that has been passed down from the beginning of time, which not only can kill the body, but it can kill the soul. And Jesus said, don't be afraid of anyone or anything that could just kill the body. But fear him which can kill the body and afterwards cast the soul into hell. Fear him. Of course, that's talking about the fear of God. The virus that we want to address tonight is the virus of sin. And it has infected all of mankind. As I said, the virus of sin is more dangerous and more threatening than the coronavirus. 
But there is a remedy for it. The remedy is was t- what took place in what Jesus did when he went to the cross. He shed his blood. He paid the price for our sin. And I think many people listening tonight would agree with that. But what you may not agree with is how to take advantage of this. How do we get the blood of Jesus applied to our lives? That's that's what I want to talk about tonight. This this um you know there are many people that would agree that the blood of Jesus paid the price for our sin. But how to get the blood of Jesus applied to our lives? I'm going to give you a little bit to think about there, and then I'm going to play a song by the evangelist Bill Farron on a CD that's only about a year old now, but it's an excellent CD. Bill Farron put the CD out called The Captain. Before I play this song, I'm going to pray. There's somebody that listens to me that I don't know from Kentucky, and his name is Brother Rose, and he's been very, very sick. And he's having surgery tomorrow, and whoever texted me said to pray for him. So on the radio, if it's okay, we're going to pray for this man. Lord Jesus, I pray for this Brother Rose. Lord, I don't know him, and I don't know exactly what his sickness is, but God, you know. And I pray that you would touch him tonight and heal him. We just pray in the name of Jesus. Stay tuned. We've got about an hour of the Tell It Like It Is radio show.
tickets sold on eBay when we fly. Jesus is coming back, he's coming back real soon. Don't know just when it could be morning, night, or noon. Jesus is coming back as a thief in the night. Before he does, my friends, you better make things right. Fall of the clouds, we live on high. No more sickness, no more tears, we'll never have to die. The mystery of godliness is shown. The glory of the Father to us, he's been made known. Forever we will praise Jesus through Well, that's what it means to me. That's what it means to me. That's what it means to me. Hey, that was Bill Farron. Uh, his CD, The Captain, some pretty good stuff there. And I like every one of those songs. Maybe I'll play another one here. If you, anybody knows this Bill Farron CD, The Captain, you can text me, 701-290, request another song on that CD. I'll play it. Tonight we talked, I, I opened up the program about this other virus, this other thing that's more deadly, more concerning than the coronavirus, and it's, it's sin. And I know that there are people that do not believe that listen to this program. I understand that. Occasionally I get the atheist, the agnostic texting me. And so I realize that you may not believe some of the things I'm going to tell you, but I will tell you this. You that are Bible-believing people, you that believe that Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins, that his blood washed us away from our sins, washed our sins away from us, tonight you, I want you to listen to me because I'm tired of preaching about the coronavirus. I want to preach about the plan of salvation. And you know, you that are listening that already know these things, um, just be thankful because I'm thankful my granddaughter was baptized in Jesus' name today because because we keep stressing these things over and over. I moved to Dickinson over 32 years ago because we believe this Acts 2.38 message. Let me start here in First Timothy. You know, just let me say hello to some of the other people. We've got um, hi to the Springers and Belfield. They went to our church in Bowman today. Had a great service. They said hello to Sister Norma. She's one of the ladies that is an elderly lady that uh, we've told maybe to stay at home for now from our church services, but she's listening tonight. Sister Bretz, and we love this lady too. She's listening up in Kildare tonight. Sister Yvonne down in uh, Bowman, and you can't keep this lady away from church. Greg Johnson in Mesa, Arizona is listening. Dale Jones, my good friend, says he's got my back. Grace from North Carolina. 1 Timothy 4.16, take heed unto thyself, unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And we're going to talk about this doctrine that can save us. Now, we I just said that it was Jesus that saved us, his blood that saved us, but this verse says that there is a doctrine that will save us, and not only save us, but I'm believing will save them that hear me tonight and hear you also if you preach this doctrine. First Timothy 4.16 is one of my favorite scriptures because it says if, that if I, li- if I watch what I'm doing and I, and I listen to the doctrine and continue in that, 
I'm going to save myself and them that hear me. And included in that, of course, is my family and the church that I pastor and maybe everybody that I meet. Which doctrine is Paul talking about in First Timothy? What's he talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you what he's talking about. He's talking about the Apostles' Doctrine. The name of this program tonight, the title will be The Apostles' Doctrine. First John 4, 6, John said, the Apostle John said, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. If I can put this in the R.E.S. version, the Robert Everett Simons version, John simply said, if you agree with us, you're right. If you disagree with us, you're wrong. <laughs> that's what he's. Now, I didn't say that, but that's what John said. He said, if you agree with the apostles, you're right. If you disagree with the apostles, you're wrong. First John 4, 6. I mean, uh, to me, I, you know, he was a, the apostle of Jesus. He could get by with saying, and if I said that, they'd make me a laughing stock. But as long as I agree with John, then I can say the same thing he said. So many voices crying out, this is the way. This is the way to be saved. This is the way to get to heaven. And and sometimes I think we can all admit it seems confusing. Who are we going to listen to? Who are we going to believe? But the New Testament gives us clear black and white instruction. Come into the agreement with the New Testament and you'll be saved. I believe in the authority of the apostles. I don't believe in the authority of the creeds that were after the apostles. I don't believe in the authority of any man-made organization. The apostles were not part of a man-made organization. This was the very church that Jesus set up. Oh, I love preaching this. You know, I'm preaching today the reason we moved to Dickinson. This is what I'm preaching today. This is the message that we've uh, stood for ever since that I learned it, ever since it was delivered to me, which was been it's been 40 years ago. And I, I came into an agreement with the New Testament, with the, the apostles. The revelation that the apostles had is for us today. The Old Testament truth was explained in the New Testament. The Old Testament types and shadows is, is explained in the New Testament. The apostle Paul said in the same, he said this, the same thing that John said, he said it in a little different way in 1 Corinthians 14.37. He said, If any man thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Paul was saying, if you think you're a prophet, or if you think that you're spiritual, he said, if anybody thinks that, then they need to acknowledge that the things that I write, that what Paul, Paul was writing, are the commandments of the Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote much of the New Testament. But then he said in verse 38, if you want to be dumb, go ahead and be dumb. If you don't want to know, you'll never know. The apostles were very assertive. They knew that they had the right doctrine. The word doctrine means teaching. We open the program up, if you're just t- tuning in, with First Timothy 4.16, that if you continue in the apostles' doctrine, not only you'll be saved, but the people that listen to you will be saved. I will tell you this. 
that much of what is preached in many churches is not the apostles' doctrine. Sometimes it's a portion of the apostles' doctrine. Sometimes it's a part. But it's just like you can't build a house out of nails. Nails are essential to a house, but they're not enough to build the house. That's the way some people pick and choose. Some people say you've got to believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. Well, I'm going to tell you this. You've got to believe in Jesus to be saved. But believing is not enough. In fact, in fact, the Scripture teaches that. The devil believes in Jesus, but he's not saved. So believing is not enough. Some people say, say in the sinner's, sinner's prayer and you'll be saved. Saying the sinner's prayer in a sincere way that is truly repentance is part of salvation. But it's not, it's essential, but it's not complete. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, or excuse me, in Galatians chapter 1, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this Galatians thing and just take a little break and read my text. You can text me tonight, 701 290 Six two, um, I'm preaching to the choir to some of you tonight, but I'm telling you this: that this this coronavirus, I believe, is ushering in some end time stuff. Now is the time to know how to be saved. Now is the time, you fathers and mothers, is the time to to know how to be saved, so you can tell your children how to be saved. Being saved is not belonging to a church. That's not what being saved is. Being saved is not being part of Pastor Bob's group. Being saved is believing and obeying a teaching that Jesus' disciples promoted. That's what being saved is. Galatians chapter 1 and 8, the Apostle Paul said this, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. Paul was saying that the, that the gospel that he came preaching, if I, he said, even if I came back preaching something different, don't listen to me. If an angel from heaven preaches something different, even the angel Moroni, don't listen to him. You see, Paul was saying that the original doctrine of the apostles, I know, I know that there are people listening to me tonight that do not know this. They say they believe this, but they don't believe it. The churches they go to do not promote the doctrine of the apostles. They don't. They have changed it, and I'm going to prove that in this broadcast tonight. Let me just finish this little up thing in Galatians, and then I'm just going to play a, a portion of a song and read my text. But Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, I want to read this out of the New Living Translation just to make it very clear to you. The Apostle Paul, in verse 1 to his letters, or chapter 1 of his letters to the Galatians, said that if, even if I come back preaching a different gospel, don't listen to me. Let me be accursed, an angel from heaven. But in Galatians 2, let me read you what Paul said. In verse 1, he said, then 14 years later, I went back. Now, you know what? I better back up in Galatians chapter 1 and read this here. Uh, In verse 1, verse 11, Paul said, 
I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which I was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul claimed that he had a revelation from Jesus himself what the gospel message was to preach. Okay? But in Galatians chapter 2, Paul said that he preached that revelation for 14 years. And then, 14 years later, he went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas and Titus, and they came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that they were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. Wow. The Apostle Paul, even though he received a revelation from Jesus himself, 14 years later he went back to Jerusalem to check with Peter, John, James, the rest of the apostles to make sure that what he was preaching was the original that they were preaching because he didn't want to be wrong. John 17:20 and I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get into what this gospel is. I'm going to spend the last part of the program talking about it. But in John 17 and 20 Jesus' famous prayer. He said, part of this prayer was this. Neither, he's praying to the Father. He says, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. He told the Father, I'm not praying just for these disciples that are here. But I'm praying for those that believe on me through their word. That's us. Jesus was praying for us. We believe on Jesus through the words of the apostles. And in verse 21, this is so awesome. This is Jesus' prayer for us. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus' prayer to the Father for us was that we would be one with the apostles. That that we would be believe the same thing that they believed. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. You're listening to Pastor Bob and the Tell It Like It Is show.
This is Your Delight by Evangelist Bill Farron, and he is a great evangelist, and he's listening tonight. Hello, Brother Farron. Honored that you'd be listening. We've got people texting me tonight. I haven't checked my emails. Maybe some are emailing, but I've got one here I'm really liking, Joe from Arkansas listening tonight. He said this, Apostolic Church is the way. I just learned this in the last year. I have never known the power of the Lord until I've been at Landmark United Pentecostal Church. I will never be the same, the Holy Ghost. That's good stuff. I love to hear I love to hear those people that have discovered this apostolic message. Pastor Bob just spent the first half hour of this broadcast talking about how important it is to be in union with the apostles. What they said about it, what the Word of God says about it, what Jesus' prayer for them was. And now, tonight, I want to spend the last half hour of this broadcast. I may play a song or two on my guitar, may play another Brother Farron song. We'll see what happens. Text me tonight if you've got any questions, 701-290-7862. This is a lot bigger fish to fry than the coronavirus tonight. To make sure that you're right. One of the things I love, here's what I love, is when I present the apostolic, the apostles' doctrine, I'm giving people the tools that they need to be saved. To be saved, one of the things you need, certainly you have to want to be saved, certainly you have to want to know God, but you also have to know what to do. Because if you don't know what to do, you're going to have a very difficult time being saved. And there's a lot of aspects to that. If you want to be saved, I believe God will show you what to do. And maybe tonight he's going to use this program to do that. The The New Testament plan of salvation has to do with the born-again experience. In John chapter 3, verses 3 through 7, Jesus was asked a question. Jesus was talking to a man named Nicodemus, and he said this to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus told Nicodemus that you have to be born again. He didn't understand what Jesus meant. He, he was thinking of a natural birth, like going back into his mother's womb. But Jesus said, no, it's not like that. This is a spiritual birth. You've got to be born of water and of the Spirit. Tonight I am going to prove to you that being born of water and being born of the Spirit is being baptized in the name of Jesus, being born of water, and being filled with the Holy Spirit is being born of the Spirit. That's what it is. When Jesus gave what we call the Great Commission, for instance, in Mark sixteen fifteen, he said this. In, in Mark sixteen fifteen, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. This, in Mark, 
is Jesus is talking about being born of the water and of the Spirit. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So, of course, you have to believe. You have to be baptized to be saved. And then he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And one of those signs was, in my name they shall cast out devils. But another sign there, and we're going to talk about this tonight, they shall speak with new tongues, a language that they didn't know before. In Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Jesus said, Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Jesus did not give a name there. He didn't say which name it was because Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not names. That's why I could write you a check for $100,000 tonight, and I could sign Father to that check. I am a father, but you couldn't cash the check. I could sign Son to that check. I am a son, but you couldn't cash the check. I could sign Husband to that check. You couldn't cash the check if I signed husband. Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We are going to find out tonight in this program what that name is. Because it doesn't say in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's looking, this verse is looking for a name. And you that don't think baptism is part of salvation, I don't know what you do with Matthew twenty-eight nineteen and Mark chapter 16 and 15 through 17. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The, the apostolic plan of salvation is the new birth experience that includes Believing, repentance, water baptism, and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. And I'm going to tell you, some of you that are listening tonight, your church doesn't believe that. You see, this is what's so interesting to me. You say, well, how do you know that, Pastor Bob? Because I know what a lot of churches believe. A lot of churches don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of churches that don't believe in real repentance. There's churches that don't believe in water baptism. In fact, the great majority of churches in in the city I live in have changed baptism. The word baptism means to immerse, to completely dunk under the water. That's what we did today in our church service. We baptized one in the name of Jesus. That word baptism, they've changed it to where they sprinkle some uh, dirt, or excuse me, some water on their head. The reason I said dirt is because, because some people, the Scripture teaches that baptism is a type of burial. And you don't bury somebody by baptize or by sprinkling dirt on their head. It made me think of a song. Hey, I got, just grabbed my guitar. Let's try it here. Let's see how it's kind of a little of a not if you got a this maybe it's not really obnoxious, but anyway, I'll try it. In these last days that we're living in, many people have been blessed by the gift of God's Holy Spirit, but you know they don't like holiness. 
They want to keep their long hair and their beer, their mini skirts and their TVs too. But it takes a lot more than just talking in tongues to do what God wants you to do. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor if you want to make it through life's stormy sea. There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity. Got to be in the ship or out. There's no room to leave for doubt. Just say now, if I do this... Will Jesus smile on me? Some people, they get the Holy Ghost and they think that is enough. They want no part of that one God stuff. Well, they'll baptize you in the titles and they'll tell you you're all set. But if you don't go down in Jesus' name, friend, you're just getting wet. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor if you want to make it through life's stormy sea. There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity. Got to be in the ship or out. There's no room to leave for doubt. Just say now, if I do this... Will Jesus smile on me? Just say now, if I do this, will Jesus smile on me? Don't, I, I just, that song, thinking of that song, the scripture teaches water baptism in, in direct obedience to Matthew 28, 19, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Water baptism was administered by the apostles in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name that Matthew 28, 19 is talking about. This New Testament, uh, here again, many churches do not baptize at all. They just sprinkle. That's not baptism. Not only that, they they sprinkle infants and babies who don't have not been able to repent. A prerequisite for water baptism, according to Scripture, is that you've got to believe and you've got to repent. And then they don't baptize using the name of Jesus. They say Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, not realizing that the apostles all baptized in the name of Jesus. This New Testament plan of salvation, this apostles' doctrine, is is the most important thing in this world. It is the vaccine for sin. Now I know, and I I started out the program. It's Jesus's sacrifice, his blood that was shed for us, that allows us to be saved. But we know that just because Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, that not everybody's going to be saved. Jesus himself said that there was a wide road to destruction and a narrow way to life. Few that find it, he said. That that always makes me sad. I want to make that few as many as I can make. And I, I believe we're going to see some great end-time revival. I still believe that. If any indication of our church service today... Um, you know, 
I mean, we had a, a you know just visitors there. It was a great service, and I was excited about it, even with the coronavirus scare. Uh, just the people that were there encouraged me that there are people that are hungry for truth. This apostle's doctrine is essential. It's the only, uh, the only known way that we can be sure that we're going to be saved is to do what the apostles said to get the blood of Jesus applied to our life. We see in the book of Acts, and I've just kind of worked my way into the book of Acts now, and I, I don't know if I'll have time to really go through everything here, but I'm going to try to get the gist of it to you. But in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, the apostles were told to wait in Jerusalem for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. Now here again, these apostles, uh, these 11, they picked a new one because Judas was dead. They These 12 apostles and about another 102 people or 112 people, no, 118, no, 108 people, I'm sorry, can't even add. They were told by Jesus to wait in Jerusalem until the, the this power, this baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon them. Mary, the mother of Jesus, didn't even have the baptism of the Holy Spirit until the day of Pentecost. Neither did Peter, neither did John. But in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, or while they were filled with the Holy Ghost, it says, and began all of them to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. This is the sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In fact, later in verse 33 of Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching. He said, therefore, he's talking about Jesus being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, folks, comes in a miraculous way. It comes with something that can be seen and heard. Peter kept on preaching. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, his audience became convicted in their hearts. It says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were convicted. They, 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 were, they were troubled. They, were, they felt guilty because it was them that had put Jesus on the cross, just like it's now it's our sin that has put Jesus on the cross. And they cried out to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The reason people like me quote Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 and 39 so much is because in a concise two paragraphs, it tells us what the apostles' doctrine for salvation was. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said to these people, you've got to repent. That means to turn from sin, to be sorry for sin, to ask forgiveness for sin. 
to be truly sorry in your heart for sin. Step one. Step two, you've got to be baptized, every single one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, working together, repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus, works together for the forgiveness, the remission of sins. Some churches teach you just need to repent. But Peter said that you need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, every single one of you. And when you are do- when you do those two things, that is for the remission of sins. And then he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the New Testament plan of salvation, found all the way through the book of Acts. You can read in Acts chapter 8 how Philip, a man named Philip, went to a city called Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And in verse 6 of Acts 8, it says, And the people, with one accord, like the whole city, they listened to the things which Philip was speaking. And they heard and saw the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. But this verse is so, these verses are so interesting. Because even though, and we we read here um, in verse 12 of Acts 8, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So here we see that the people in the book of Acts, the Sumerians, Samaritans, and Acts 8, they believed and were baptized. They did the first two parts of Acts 2.38. But the Bible said in verse 14 that the apostles, which were from, came from Jerusalem, or the, the apostles which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, and they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, they came to, to, to the Samaria, and they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 16, For as yet he, the Holy Ghost, was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. You see, this this didn't just happen in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. You know, you that know your Bibles, why do you continue to go to churches, take your children to churches, take the people you're trying to win to the Lord to churches that don't at least preach the Acts 2.38 message? Now, we cover a lot of area on this program, but I just I just got it kind of stuck in my craw today that I'm tired of preaching about the coronavirus because... You know, if I had the cure for the coronavirus and you still died lost, what good would that do? This Acts 2.38 message, this is what the apostles preached. This is what they promoted. This is what they did. And we are told that there is no other gospel than this. There is no other way to do it than this. 
Repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. I've got people texting me here. Thank you so much. I'm not getting to these texts, but I'll read them after the program tonight. Acts chapter 10, we read how Peter was preaching to a man named Cornelius and his entire extended family, it sounds like. And while he was preaching, Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, which they heard Peter's preaching. And while he was preaching, there was no altar call. He didn't lay hands on them. While he was preaching, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, came upon these people. And the Jews that had went with Peter, some of Peter's friends that had went with him, they were astonished because they didn't even know Gentiles could receive, non-Jewish people could receive the Holy Spirit until now. Because they saw the Holy Spirit was poured out on these people, Cornelius and his family. How did they know that? Verse 46 said, For they heard them speak with tongues, magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost, as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Peter was explaining this story in Acts chapter 11 to the other leaders in the church because they wondered about it. They wondered why were you preaching to non-Jews? This was, this was new ground, new territory for them. And in Acts chapter 11 and verse 15, he be, Peter said, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us, this is the gift of the Holy Ghost he's talking about, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? Of course I baptized him. They got the Holy Ghost. And that just goes to show you that if you repent and receive the Holy Ghost first, that and you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus, then you still need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 19, and I'm like I said, I'm not going to get to everything that I've got tonight, but the apostle Paul was preaching, and he went to a place called Ephesus, and he found some disciples there that had not heard the entire apostolic, the apostles' doctrine. And he asked them a question in Acts chapter 19 and 2. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We've not so much heard as whether there be any Holy Ghost. <laughs> They didn't know what he was talking about. I would say that most churches, uh, there's a, a lady that goes to our church. She told her neighbor this. She asked him, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He didn't know what she was talking about. He said, well, I love Jesus. And she said, but have you received the Holy Ghost? And they said, we've never heard of the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 19. So Paul said unto them, "Then what? unto what then were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Notice verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. This Holy Ghost, this outpouring of the Holy Ghost is for you, whether you know about it or not. 
But these people, when they heard about it, they were rebaptized because they weren't baptized in the name of Jesus the first time. Some of you listening to me tonight were sprinkled as a baby. You've not been baptized. I, I mean, I sometimes I sound obnoxious when I say stuff, and I don't. Try, I don't want to be obnoxious. You think I'm trying to be obnoxious? I have to say these things, folks, because you're not going to get it. You're not going to understand it unless I shock you into it. Sprinkling babies is not Bible baptism. Not ever done. Not ever. You won't find an instance instant of it in the Bible. In fact, the Catholic Church itself says that baptism was changed from a full immersion to sprinkling. They even give you the year. And early Catholic history says the early, they call it the, the um, uh, not ancient church, but the, the, the early church baptized in the name of Jesus. This stuff is not anything I'm making up. But it's right in your Bible. You can read it for yourself. This is the Apostles' Doctrine. Oh, man. Well, I kind of got through that. I want to give you some information about how to get a hold of us. Uh, I think I am going to play another Brother Farron song at the very end. Okay, how's that sound? Um, During the week, our next... Our Sunday services are 10 o'clock Sunday school. And that during that 10 o'clock time, we, we break the classes up for children. We have different age groups for the children. The teachers are um, trying to practice some social distancing there. So, um, you know, that's not always easy, but they're trying to do that. And then we also have adult Bible classes. We split up two adult Bible classes and we, we split the Bible classes into three groups. Number one, we have a group that I teach, and it's a basic Bible class. I teach it every Sunday. There's 21 lessons, and when you graduate from that, you can move into one of the other classes. It's a basic Bible class that I teach um, every Sunday morning. 21 lessons, like lesson number one, there is a God. I mean, that's how basic it is. And, um, And we go through some of the stuff I'm talking about tonight there. And then also there are other Bible adult Bible classes for age. We, we try to keep the groups a little smaller so we can have an open discussion, and we move it to different parts of the building so we can have um, little refreshments and coffee. And so we, have, we break it up by alphabet. If your last name's A through L, you go in one group, M through Z in another group. And we have some of our men teach that. And then that's over at 1050. And at 11 o'clock or about 5 after, we start our worship service every Sunday morning. Wednesday nights, we have a worship service at 7.30. Sometimes we have, it's preaching. Sometimes it's more of a Bible study on Wednesday nights. And so those are our services here in Dickinson. On Tuesday nights, we normally have a church service at the Beach Community Center, but that has been closed to us uh, during this virus uh, pandemic. And so we have, it's meeting in a home there in Beach. And if you contact me, I can give you the information on how how to get a hold of that home where they meet. On Thursday nights in Bowman at 7.30, we have a, um, a church, new church that started that meets right on Main Street in Bowman, 7.30, on, right across from the uh, Chinese restaurant there. And that meets um, every Thursday night at 7.30 and now Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. And they had 16 there today, so that's pretty neat. And so that's how you... Um, 
get a hold of us during the week. I'd love to meet you. Come Wednesday night here if you live in Dickinson, North Dakota. I know a lot of you are listening online tonight. I want you to go find a good church that preaches this message where you live. Maybe you're already going to one, just like Joe, this Joe that texted me. Finish the program out with this. Uh, I'll, I'll play one more Brother Farron song if I got time at the end. But this is a song I wrote a few years ago, and uh, it's called Called Out. It's about Jesus <coughs> excuse me, calling out people out of this world, out of sin, calling them into his marvelous church. I got a call one evening many years ago from someone who I didn't know real well. He asked if I was ready to come out from among them. He told me he would save my soul from hell. And I was called out, called out to be holy, called out, called out of this world, called out, a new life lay before me, I was called out to Him. Well, my life was full of sin. When Jesus called me in, He had a plan to wash those sins away. Baptized in Jesus' name, in the apostolic way, His blood washed away each sin. And I was called out, called out to be holy, called out. Called out of this world Called out A new life lay before me I was called out to Him But it didn't seem to me I could live in victory He had a plan So I could do that too I spoke in other tongues When the Holy Ghost came in, the gift He gave to me, He'll give to you the gift of the Holy Ghost. I was called out, called out to be holy, called out, called out of this world, called out, a new life lay before me, I was called out. To him. And Lord Jesus, tonight, as we close this broadcast, God, I know that you're calling people out of this world, calling up people out, God, of, of sin, calling people into this marvelous light. And I pray tonight that those that are listening will take the additional steps they need, if they haven't already, to be walking in union with what your apostles taught and preached in the Scripture. And I just pray, God, today, in the name of Jesus, that this will make sense to them and that they will turn around and obey the Acts 2.38 message. God bless you tonight, folks. Pastor Bob is signing off. I'm going to play a little portion of this Bill Farron song when I do it. 
It's called Without You. We've been playing his music tonight. He's got a great CD. He's an evangelist, um, apostolic Acts 238 evangelist, great musician also. Lord willing, we'll be back next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time for another Tell It Like It Is show. Thank you all for texting me. Somebody tried to call me. I can't take calls in the studio. But thank you so much. Without you, we don't know which way we're going. That's why we need the Master's hand. Without you, we don't know just what we're doing. That's why we need the Master's plan. Without you, I'd be lost. Without you, without you, life doesn't seem to be worth living. Without you, we just exist. Without you, we're just going through the motion. Without you, we're in a fit. So I'll hang on to your promises. Cause Lord, I know you don't lie. And I'll keep on serving you each and every moment until the day I die. Until the day I die. Without you, I'd be lost. I'd be neck deep in sin. I wouldn't want to pay that price. Without you, I can't win. Without you, I'd be bound. My freedom would be gone. Without you, pitfalls, snares, and chains, I'd be the devil pawn. Without you, I'd be drifting like a ship without a sail. Without you, life spins out of control like a kite without a tail without
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.